It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Policies and Procedures on Charitable Donations What your sh should your compliance policies and procedures on charitable donations look like? What should you prohibit or even caution against? The starting point is the 2012 FCPA guidance regarding charitable donations. Your policy should begin by asking the five initial questions. What is the purpose of your donation? Is the payment consistent with the company's internal guidelines on charitable giving? Is the payment at the request of a foreign official? Is a foreign official associated with the charity? And if so, can the foreign official make decisions regarding business in your country? And finally, is the payment conditioned on receiving business or other benefits? There are additional inquiries based upon the DOJ opinion releases issued regarding charitable donations. Some of the protections a company can do to comply with the FCPA regarding charitable donations are as follows. Will the donation receipts certify, that's recipients certify, that they or the entity will comply with the requirements of the FCPA? Will the recipient provide audited financial statements? Will the recipient restrict the use of donated funds to humanitarian or charitable purposes? Will the funds be transferred to a valid bank account? Will the recipient be allowed ongoing auditing and monitoring of the efficacy of the charitable donation program? Based upon the Sharing Plow and Eli Lilly SEC FCPA enforcement actions, there are some additional inquiries which should be specified. What was the timing of the charitable donation or promise to make a donation in relation to the obtaining or retaining a business? Did the company follow its normal protocol for requesting, reviewing, and making charitable donations? Or is there a pattern of unusual donations outside the protocol? Did any one person make multiple donations just below their authority level so it did not have to go up the line for review? Was there a total amount of donated to one charitable foundation out of proportion to the rest of the country's region, rest of the country of the region's charitable donation budget? Did the sales in one area or region spike after a pattern of giving? These information on red flags from the opinion releases and the best practices as set out in the 2012 FCPA guidance have been available for some time. From the Sharing Plow and Eli Lilly enforcement actions, your policies should consider the timing of the charitable donations to see if they are at or near the time of awarding of new or continued business. Finally, in the managing of the relationship, you need to Look at the overall increases in sales to determine if they are tied to a pattern of charitable donations. By looking at the timing and quantum of the charitable donations, your internal audit may be able to ascertain that a spike in sales is tied to corrupt conduct. So what are today's three key takeaways? And we're going to spend some time on these today. What are the basic inquiries you need to make around charitable donations? What is the purpose of the donation? Certainly a charitable donation, a CSR component, uh, a repatriation of profits to a company, the hiring of local uh, indigenous personnel, the building of schools, the building of roads, the building of hospitals, all are appropriate uh, 
uses of money, whether it's to create a community uh, within the geo region you're doing business, whether it's to generate goodwill, whether it's to give something back, whether it's mandated, it really doesn't matter. But the purpose, uh, it doesn't matter what this is, but the purpose of your donation, that's really the key. Is there an a, uh, invidious uh, reason for making this? Is there intent, corruption and intent to corrupt in your purpose? Certainly, and that's where the, really the rest comes through of having a process in place and following that process. So is there a business justification or CSR or charitable justification for making the donation? Has that justification been reviewed by an appropriate level of management, whether that's a charitable donation committee or whether that's uh, uh, management directly? Uh, is it documented in the file? Is there follow-up after the donation is made to determine uh, whether or not the monies were used appropriately? Is there due diligence on each of the key members of the charitable entities which are getting the money? And are, do any of those members have decision-making authority? over your contracts or payments or the ability to obtain or retain business. If you think about charitable donations in terms of the life cycle of third-party risk management, uh, it becomes clear that the process of charitable donations should be followed similar to the process for uh, managing of a third-party relationship. So is there uh, a written documentation of, of this? Obviously, uh, my mantra of document, document, document always holds true, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Number two, the Department of Justice has communicated clearly over the past 15 years about charitable donations. The sharing plow uh, FCPA enforcement action that I've talked about in this podcast series uh, was 2005. The Eli Lilly case was 2012. So these this information has been around a long time, as have the opinion releases. But if you have questions about a charitable donation you want to make now, you can avail yourself of the opinion release procedure. It is something that is available under the FCPA. It's specified. There have been turnarounds in uh, 30 days with an answer, so you can get a relatively quick answer. I'm not aware of any company that has found itself in FCPA hot water in the form of a, a enforcement action because it went to the Department of Justice. If you're told that the actions you want to take are going to violate the FCPA, well, it's pretty easy. Don't take the action. So the opinion release procedure, I think, is vastly underutilized uh, going forward. And then finally, number three, the document, document, document. I, I continually harp on that because if you've ever heard me speak before, you know I say the three most important things about compliance is to document, document, document everything you do. There's never been an enforcement action where someone negligently made the wrong decision. The enforcement actions only involve when there's no documentation and no evidence that a decision-making process was followed. I hope you will enjoy the entire month on written standards and that you will listen in again where we explore another topic in the month of May. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program? 
I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.